Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Patty Fritz with UCB. Welcome, Patty. Thank you so much, Lee, for having me on your show today. It's very exciting. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Before we get too far into things, tell us about UCB. How are you serving folks? So UCB is a global biopharmaceutical company um, committed to developing innovative solutions, addressing significant unmet needs for people living with severe chronic diseases, primarily in those living with neurologic and immunologic diseases. We put patients first in everything we do. Um, We enable people to live their best lives, delivering impactful solutions Um, patient value now and into the future. And I would say too, um, you know, we're a a thriving uh, part of the Georgia and I would say the Atlanta uh, life sciences community. Um, We have seven offices in the United States. Um, We have increased our employees in the U.S. about 17% in the last three years Um, We have about 100 ongoing clinical studies in the U.S. and uh, invest about 25% or more of our revenues every year back into R&D. We have roughly 1,600 employees in the United States, and about 25% of those employees are really focused on research and development. Um, I, you know... That's a bit about UCB. And for me and my journey with UCB, UCB brought me to Georgia, which uh, was probably nearly 30 years ago. Um, And Atlanta has become part of who I am. And I raised my family here. Um, We moved from Virginia to Georgia and established UCB's U.S. headquarters here back in 1994. And it's just been an amazing um, I'm so proud of what we have been able to do as an organization. Um, we came here, when I came here, um, there were 40 of us on this campus in Atlanta, and we had about um, 160 field-based employees. Today, we've increased that tenfold since that time. We have more than 400 employees right here on this campus in Cobb County, and um increased our our field force to close to 1,200. Um, It's it's really, really exciting. And in the course of time, we have launched multiple life-changing innovations for patients. Um, I started my career at UCB. Um, I had the the honor of being able to be part of the R&D organization first and then move into operations just more than a decade ago, which really gives me a feeling of being connected to the science and actually now being part of actually engaging with patients and stakeholders around our innovation. Um, I've seen us transform our organization 
um, we were primarily a, a primary care um, business when we were first established here in Georgia, our U.S. headquarters, and have really evolved to a specialty biopharma um, company. Today, um, I lead our corporate affairs group, um, which includes public policy, government relations, advocacy, communications, and public affairs, as well as our um, D.C. presence. Now, DC- um- uh, I have a question about uh, choosing Atlanta when you, I guess you could have picked anywhere in the country to kind of have the U.S. headquarters um, and at, Atlanta kind of was chosen. Can you talk, put your, like if you were on the Chamber of Commerce, what was um, kind of, what attracted you to Atlanta? What type of an ecosystem was here at the time and continues to be here that um, kind of makes it feel like that this was a wise decision to kind of partner with the Atlanta community in terms of your growth. And uh, if, if somebody is considering moving headquarters or putting planting a headquarters somewhere, why they should consider Atlanta? That's a great question. Um, and it's, uh, there are multiple factors. One, Georgia has a thriving, fast-growing life sciences ecosystem We have um, biopharma companies here, medical device, health technology, I think some of the best university and academic medical centers. Um, It provides a rich network of really passionate leaders. And one of the things that I think differentiates this community is the fact that we work together to solve some of the most challenging health problems locally and globally. Um, The other part is this is a great place to live. It's a great place for employees um, to come and live and raise their families. Um, And the other is transportation. We are a global biopharmaceutical company. Um, We have our global headquarters in Brussels. We have development um, uh, presence in Germany. We have research in the UK and also in Belgium. We have uh, large presence in in uh, Japan and China, and we can get anywhere we need to get generally without a without a stopover from Hartsville Airport. It's it's an easy uh, you know drive down to the airport. You get on the plane. Eight hours later, you're in Brussels. So uh, transportation um, has been great. Now, um, when you're looking at the Atlanta area, you've decided to expand, I guess, your presence here. I'm sure you have over the years, but now you've kind of are working on this warehouse expansion project. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. So the warehouse um, project is really an opportunity for us to continue down the path of trying to create um, a, uh, you know, the best possible employee experience. Um, We began this project by renovating our space in uh, Belgium, our global headquarters. But in fact, um, that started with U.S. as well. We brought in a lot of, I think this started eight years ago almost, where we brought in some design um, experts to help us understand what is the work environment that's going to create the best possible employee experience. And we wanted it to be activity-based, meaning that it was set up such a way so 
employees can go to a space and it would suit the needs that they had for that day, whether it was a quiet space or if they wanted to collaborate with others. But also you want to create a space that maximizes the human capital that really stimulates this innovation um, and collaboration that we need to do our work to maximize value creation for, for patients. So now um, having that kind of like you mentioned, it was uh, a while ago when you first kind of constructed the idea, but having a pandemic occur in the midst of this, how did that alter the way that that activity based environment behaves or or acts? Um, Any changes from that? Or I guess your folks like was R&D, is that something they have to physically go somewhere? Or is that some some of that work can that be done remotely? Like how? How how were you impacted by kind of the ramifications of the pandemic? Yeah, great question. And I think we're still trying to figure that out. For for us, our um, researchers never stopped. So they stayed in the labs through the entire pandemic. Same with our manufacturing. Um, We were in the midst of a pandemic, but we knew that patients still needed our medicines and our laboratories in certain instances were turned, you know, repurposed to do COVID testing or to do work to identify um, new therapies to treat COVID. Um, So the laboratories and manufacturing never stopped our work. Um, In the offices, we did close down our campuses and we're not back yet. In fact, we're not going to come back until September, although we do have a pilot ongoing with some employees testing what it's like to be back in the workplace. But I would say that when we started um, our work to understand how to create the most inspiring workplace for our employees, we couldn't have imagined that we would have um, be going, coming back into a new environment, but also in parallel, a, a sort of pandemic environment. And we feel as though that the work that we've done um, really prepared us to come back um, to create a safe and nurturing environment where employees do want to come back to the office environment and collaborate and have human connection once again. I think it really helped us get prepared for that. So now that as we as the pandemic hopefully is waning and um, things are kind of getting back to some new normal, what does the future look like for UCB? How do you uh, how are your growth plans? Is, has anything or is it just pedal to the ground at this point now that everybody's kind of readjusting? So for us, um, we want to continue to grow. Um, we want to continue to innovate new therapies and launch new medicines that truly change people's lives. We are going to continue the the building process for this expansion building that we have. It was a warehouse that we have repurposed um, based on our, you know, demand for growth on the campus. We've kind of outgrown our space. Um, We're excited that's going to open in the fall of this year. Um, But we're continuing to, on a global scale, leverage digital innovation um, to uh, change the way we deliver uh, solutions to patients and to providers. Um, And we're continuing to 
advanced technological innovations. Uh, we use sophisticated data and science to really unlock some of the most um, needed insights so we can affect, you know, healthcare today and in the future. Uh, I'll give you one example. In our drug discovery, we use a um, very sophisticated computational design and AI to really more efficiently and effectively identify compounds that have a high chance of leading to effective therapies. In fact, we did some of this work during the pandemic and reduced the time it took to find targets from six months to three days. It was totally amazing. Um, One of the other things we're really focused on is sustainability. Um, And we're going to bring that to our community here in Atlanta and have designed our uh, new building and are updating our current buildings to reflect that so that we reduce our overall environmental impact. Um, we have plans to be carbon neutral by, um, we want to reduce our emissions by 35% um, by 2030 and 70% by 2050. Now, um in your past, you've been uh, a champion of women in leadership uh, in the life sciences specifically. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that came about and why that cause uh, was so important to you? Thank you for that question. I That, that started um, a long time ago. And in the life sciences, I would say when I entered into the life sciences business, I recognized that there was a gap in women in leadership positions. And when I had the opportunity to lead, I wanted to be an ambassador for every young professional woman. I wanted them to know that there was a pathway and I wanted them to ensure that they were very intentional in planning the path. Um, I think sometimes people don't think it is possible. And I would say 25 years ago when I started um, this trying to mentor and bring people along, even before we had our own women in leadership organization internally, um, didn't think it was possible. And I myself for a long time didn't. And we need to be intentional. We need to find uh, someone to mentor us and to sponsor us on our journey. Um, I'm really proud to say that as a company, we have a very strong and thriving women in leadership employee resource resource group, as well as a number of other resource groups in the organization now. And uh, we really moved the needle on being inclusive and um, women represent a large proportion of UCB's leadership, not just in the U S but globally now. Now we've been fortunate at Business Radio X to partner with a lot of organizations and like Women in Technology uh, here in Atlanta to really spotlight and tell the stories of the woman that's in a male-dominated industry, and it's fascinating as kind of an ally to these groups. Um, just the fact of seeing someone in that role is can make or break a career for a young person, and to be able to shadow a person can make or break a career. It is really um, should be appreciated, I think, that you're taking this leadership role to really tell those stories. And 
Um, we're working on a women in life sciences uh, special series, and it would be interesting to get your take on that as that develops. I don't know if that's something you might be interested in kind of helping us along with, but that's something, an area that we're trying to target to spotlight and celebrate more of these women that are kind of successfully creating careers and in spaces that may not have been as accommodating to them, you know, like you said, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I would love to. Whatever I can do to create future uh, professional women who feel empowered and and ready for the business world and for the life sciences community, I'm in. Good stuff. Well, um, if somebody wants to learn more about UCB, and uh, I'm sure you're always looking for talent, is that uh, is there a website that they can go to to kind of see what you're up to right now and see where the opportunities lie? Yes, certainly. So they can go to UCBUSA.com. UCBUSA.com. Uh, we'll get them to the USA uh, website and UCB.com gets them to the, the global website, right? Uh, UCB.com gets them to the global website. But if they use the USA, USA that'll get them just to you. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success and thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been really an honor for me and I'm so excited. I can't tell you, I was uh, thinking about this all day yesterday and last week. And so it's very nice to meet you, even though I could only see you uh, remotely. (laughs) Well, thank you again for sharing your story. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. To learn more and get your first month free, go to onpay.com. Oh,